It's November 17, 2021, and welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Liz Dorn. She's the Seminars Program Coordinator from the East-West Center and here to tell us about an online panel called Investment and Change for Minority and Women-Owned Businesses. And then we'll be joined by Ellen Ng from HTDC, Jasper Wong from Worldwide uh, Walls, formerly Powwow, and of course Aisha Arif from Maker's Place. And of course we'll talk about urban street art, digital assets, and NFTs, and I'll have them explain all of that with uh, when I get to, get to that part of the show. But right now I wanted to welcome Liz Dorn from Jesus um, <clears throat> Seminars Program Coordinator from East West Center. And here to talk about the uh, upcoming panel called Investment and Change for Minority and Women-Owned Businesses. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you so much, sir. So, Liz, uh, you know, I, I, um, I'm, I'm glad to see that the uh, East-West Center is, is doing this. And I, I got the notice from uh, the folks over at Hub Coworking. And I, I, I hear that this is kind of a collaborative effort. So maybe tell us a little bit about some of the folks that are involved with uh, uh, rolling out this panel. Sure. So the panel is actually a part of a larger bi-monthly webinar series that the East West Center is hosting called Gals with Lake Global. And we've been partnering with four local partners over the past year hosting this global web or this webinar series. But in this particular webinar uh, that will take place tomorrow, we're partnering with seven local partners, um, and that includes the Hub, for Working Hawaii, Under My Umbrella, Blue Startups, Pacific Business News, Box Jelly, Hawaii Venture Capital Association, and Founder. Wow, that's great. And so what do you yeah. have? I mean, that's a great lineup of, of folks. What do you have them sort of respectively do? I mean, you don't have to get into too much detail, but uh, how, did you, how did you assemble that uh, gathering? Yeah, so, um, you know, the Hub, for instance, is our logistical partner. Uh, Umu and Blue Startups and Pacific Business News all serve as content or promotional partners. And then the other three that I named are promotional partners for this next webinar on investment and change. And overall, um, the series in, intention is to leverage the center's unique access to the world's policymakers, entrepreneurs, community leaders, and artists uh, with Hawaii's women leaders here. Oh, that's great. And tell us a little bit more about Gals with Lay Global, because Lay stands for something. So tell us a little bit about that. It does. Um, Gals with Lay Forum is a part of our annual Changing Faces Women's Leadership Seminar, and it's a publicly ticketed event. And when the pandemic hit, we were no longer able to hold in-person events the East-West Center decided to launch this bi-monthly webinar series called Gals with Lay Global. And the Lay stands for Leadership, Entrepreneurship, and Inspiration. And it's been really quite successful because it's allowed us even greater access. Uh, the in-person events usually attracted about 250 people, but the new webinar format allows us to have attendees, you know, from Singapore, from Japan, from the Pacific Islands. So it's been a really great way uh, to broaden our audience. So tell us about the uh, webinar that's coming up tomorrow, which is uh, Thursday, November 18th. 
Yeah, so the Investment and Change for Minority and Women-Owned Businesses webinar takes place tomorrow, November 18th, from 3.30 to 5 p.m. Hawaii time. You can register at www.eastwestcenter.org backslash lay. And there'll be a panel of four experts, investors, and business leaders from the U.S. and the Asia-Pacific. And they'll be discussing supportive measures needed by minority and women-owned businesses, as well as offering insights on ways to expand professional networks and access more diverse financing. And, you know, in terms of uh, the the purpose of the panel and, and what you want to convey, uh, is this primarily, I guess, for the benefit of, of minority and women-owned businesses here in Hawaii? It's a little bit broader than that, but certainly it's also about Hawaii. You know, according to the Global State of Small Business Report, which surveyed 35,000 small business owners across 27 countries, um, women-led small businesses were 6% more likely to close during the pandemic compared to their men-led counterparts. And minority-owned businesses suffered even higher rates of closure, reduced employment, and declines in revenue. And the ability of minority and women-owned businesses to acquire information and build networks and access human and financial capital is critically important in promoting economic growth and opportunity. And the center believes that their success is at the heart of an inclusive and equitable and sustainable economic recovery, both here in Hawaii, but also abroad. Oh, that's great. And uh, and in terms of... uh this uh, bi- <clears throat> bi-monthly event, uh, this, this is just one in a series. So uh, when is your next one coming up in what, in January? Yep, the next one will be Thursday, January 20th. And I believe we're going to do one on women in sports. Oh, very And, you know, what's unique about this series is that every single one of our series has included a Hawaii-based speaker. And that is a priority for us. Very good, and I'll, I'll definitely put that uh, link up on our show notes for later on. I think this is going to be a great uh, uh, event that's coming up tomorrow. So uh, mahalo, Liz, for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And, of course, uh, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Ellen Ng from HTDC, Jasper Wong from Worldwide Wall, and, of course, uh, Aisha Arif from Maker's Place, and we'll talk about digital art and NFTs. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Ellen Ng. She's the Economic Development Specialist over at the Hawaii Technology Development Corporation. Jasper Wong, founder of Worldwide Walls and, of course, uh, formerly known as Pow Wow, and Aisha Arif. She's the community manager over at Maker's Place. And, of course, they're all here to talk about urban street art and NFTs. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hi, thanks for having me. So let me me start with... um, you know, Jasper, I, I've always admired, you know, what you've created with uh, Pow Wow. And uh, I just love, you know, when the artists are here and, or, or when, you know, the artwork is done, I get to go down there and check it all out. It's a great photo photo op, obviously. Uh, of course, I never could figure out a way to get you on the radio show because I couldn't quite figure out what the, you know, the intersection between um, 
tech and, and urban street art. But finally, finally, thanks to Ellen, I, I found a reason. So I want to I wanna thank Ellen and I want to thank Jasper because, uh, you know, this is great. Of course, Aisha, you know, making it, making it all happen. So let me, let me start with, um, uh, with Ellen. And Ellen, you know, maybe you can kind of share a little bit about the, uh, you know, the digital lab happening over at uh, HTDC. And, and how did you kind of brainstorm this idea of connecting, you know, the, the players that we have on the show today? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity, Bert. So um, this, you know, NFT for Good project is um, really an extension of what we have been doing with the Digital Currency Innovation Lab, uh, which is a two-year pilot program that, you know, we kind of came up with in partnership with the Division of Financial Institutions. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, one of the primary goals of this, you know, is to re-look at, you know, what it means for cryptocurrency companies to do business in Hawaii um, and, you know, to review the regulations around uh, cryptocurrency for Hawaii. Um, on our side of the thing, um, of the project for the, um, the Hawaii Technology Development Corporation, we actually really focused on the economic opportunities brought about by digital currencies. Um, you know, and an extension of that, of course, is, you know, the, the really hot topic of uh, NFTs or as they call it, non-fungible tokens. So, you know, we wanted to see, uh, you know, what are some of the practical applications that are coming out from cryptocurrencies, NFTs being one of them, and how, you know, uh, with this whole stigma and negative perceptions around crypto, uh, we, whether we could position it as, you know, something that can be used for good or, you know, something that could benefit the nonprofit sector, especially here in Hawaii, which has been hurting over the last two years because of the pandemic. And that's how, you know, kind of, bring all this into perspective, um, it kind of brought about the inspiration for this project. Um, and yeah, you know, so we kind of, you know, I kind of took the lead to reach out to uh, Jasper, of course, you know, he's really well known in Hawaii with his work with Powwow, now known as Worldwide Wall. And then uh, another leading uh, player in the space, which would be Makerspace, you know, and, you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure if both sites, you know, would be open to collaboration. So, it was kind of just, you know, throwing it out there and speaking to both sides. And, you know, it just seems that everyone was very excited to come on board to to participate and collaborate together to see what, you know, what happens next. Well, Ellen, you underestimate your power of influence. You know, you bring people together and, you know, they obviously think, oh, this must be important because Ellen brought us together. Yeah, I like to think that way, <laughs> but, you know, I'm just grateful for the opportunity on both sides, you know, and, and um you know, their open-mindedness to work together to see, you know, kind of the, like I said, the economic opportunities that you can bring for both artists in Hawaii and also kind of positioning Maker's Place, you know, as, you know, they're really well-known in the Bay Area, but I think kind of giving them an opportunity here in Hawaii as well, um, you know, for them to do good and to gain access to some of our best artists here in Hawaii. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I want to uh, get to some of our other guests too, so... I wanted to ask Jasper. So Jasper, you know the uh, everybody knows Powwow, but the uh, pivot to a new name, Worldwide Walls. Maybe give us a little background on how that uh, that happened and, and and why now. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so you know when we first started the festival, which was about a decade ago, uh, we thought that the name was was perfect for for what we were trying to do um, in terms of creating public art and doing community beautification education. Uh, the name originally was inspired by comic books, um, originally because I'm a big 
comic book nerd myself, and Pao was a punch in the face, and that's how I saw uh, uh, the impact that art had on the viewer, and while being the reaction to that, and Pao together was a, uh, is a Native American term to celebrate um, art, music, and culture, so we felt it was a perfect name for what we were doing and what our mission was. But as we did the work, not just locally, but globally, because now we work out of like 20 cities um, around the world, uh, we also learned that um, using the name can be harmful. And a lot of, and even if we're working with a lot of Native American artists and, and helping um, organize and be a part of uh, different projects to support Native Americans, uh, it's, it's seen as cultural appropriation. And so we decided that it'd be a good move to shift the name um, as we move forward. And, I mean, we would still definitely support indigenous cultures and support indigenous artists, but we decided that it'd be best to sort of move away from, from a name and, and create a name such as Worldwide Walls. And whenever we're doing projects in different cities, it'd be Hawaii Walls, Long Beach Walls, Japan Walls, Korea Walls, etc. And then it highlights the cities that we're working in. Oh, that's okay. That's great. Uh, and, you know, I've never uh, quite figured it out, but how frequently do you do a refresh for the uh, the walls here in Hawaii? Uh, we do it annually. Um, we used to do it every February. Uh, mm-hmm. So it'd be every year in Kakako. But as we're moving forward, we're also sort of rethinking, you know, like like where should we do walls or maybe we should move the festival to, to different districts. And so next year we're actually hoping to do the project in Kalihi. Uh, and and do projects and mural projects and community beautification projects and educational initiatives uh, supporting uh, public housing communities and the schools in that area and community centers like Palma Settlement, uh, which, you know, which I'm currently a part of. Uh, I help to teach at Palma Settlement now. So we want to really sort of support underserved communities and bring art to them. So we're, we're saying that um, next year we'll, we'll try something new and, and try to work in a new district. So, so Jasper, when you select your artists, I mean, I know it's a variety of folks that come from all over the place. Uh, how many, I mean, are you seeking out new artists? Are, are they, uh, for the most part, your contact list? And, and how do you basically seek those out? I mean, and, and what's the typical percentage of Hawaii artists versus, you know, artists from elsewhere? In every festival that we do, it's important for us to always support local artists. And so our our ratio has always been 50% local and 50% visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, in recent years in Hawaii, sometimes it's been 60-40 or even 70-30 um, skewed towards locals, mostly. And and when, the, when they try to find artists, it's I try to bring on emerging artists, established artists. I try to reach out to a, to a wide variety of artists because and, and, we're hoping that these festivals can become a platform uh, to to share their work, which is you know what we're also trying to do with Maker's Place and ACDC to, to create this platform to share uh, Hawaii artists. Yeah. So when you know before we get to Aisha, I, I wanted to ask you how how would you typically make money doing this? Are, are you know without this now uh, opportunity for some some transactional uh, of, uh, happenings with uh, with NFTs? Uh, how does how does uh, you know, the worldwide walls business model sustain itself. We don't we don't make money. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, the festival is uh, we're we're a nonprofit and the goal is, you know, community beautification. The goal is educating 
providing arts education, music education uh, to young people within those communities uh-huh. uh, to, to create a lot of events and initiatives to support local artist communities and local people in general. Uh, and honestly, like the amount of funds needed to put on a festival, because you're thinking, you know, think about what to rent lists, what to buy materials and paint, get scaffolding, um, housing, flights, etc. Yeah. It's a high cost. Yeah. And I'm not charging money for people to look at murals. Right. And so it's a, it costs a lot and it makes nothing. <laughs> so um, it's a, it's a, it's community work, you know? Well, I take yeah, it. I don't make money. I take it you have some re- really uh, supportive sponsors. We do, we do. Um, you know, Hawaiian Airlines, you know, being one. You know, Monster Energy, uh, Montana Canteen Company, City Mills, a huge sponsor for us. You know, uh, we've had a lot of lo- local brands like such as Zippy's, uh, Kahala, um, and hotels like Alohalani, um, and so you know, and and uh, and El Rigger, and so we've had a ton of amazing support locally um, over the years, and which is really thanks to them that that we can even push this project forward because honestly, like it's not really a sort of something that is financially sustainable oftentimes. Right, right. Well, uh, you know, the best to you and, and, and keep uh, keep doing this because I think uh, over the last 10 years, it's it's definitely offered a, you know, a great, not only beautification project, but, uh, you know, just some uh, great views to see, a great, uh, you know, uh, artwork that is c- enjoyable, you know, especially going through Kaka'ako. Now, Aisha, oh, I, I, I wanted yeah. to... Um, you know, get you into this conversation, and and of course, I I don't want to uh, overwhelm anybody with your technical prowess, but uh, maybe you can do a quick uh, overview of what a non fungible token is. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So an NFT, non fungible token, is essentially at its like very basic level, it's a digital token or digital asset that lives on the blockchain. Usually, it's um, the Ethereum blockchain, uh, but there are others. Um, and so NFTs, as they relate to digital art, and I guess just art in general, um, it is a digital token that is inextricably tied to an artwork or the artwork file. Um, and it contains not only the artwork file, but important information pertaining to the provenance and ownership, um, origin of the artwork. So for the first time really ever um, like throughout history, we've been able to apply principles of provenance, of authenticity, um, and all of these like really important factors in um, what kind of goes into you know giving art its value in the eyes of collectors to digital art and to digital content in general. And then tell us how does uh, how does Maker's Place kind of differentiate itself as a as a place for NFTs from some of the other uh, marketplaces that people can can uh, purchase purchase digital assets. Yeah, I, I think there, there's a few things. Probably the biggest um, differentiation is that we're a curated platform. Um, so there's platforms like um, you know, OpenSea or Rarible where pretty much anyone can go on and publish or mint is what we call it, um, anything onto the blockchain and sell it. Um, Maker's Place, however, artists, there's you know kind of a, a longer process for getting onto the platform. The idea being that we just want to highly like vet our artists. So, um, first of all, artists go through an application process. Once they get through that application process, there's another verification process, which is just essentially to really protect collectors to make sure that they are buying 
um, from the actual artist, and then also to protect the artists themselves, that there's no one, like, going out and impersonating someone um, and, you know, minting something that they didn't actually create. Um, so I'd say that is probably one of the biggest things. The other big thing is that we are very much focused on art. Um, so I think right now there's a lot of, like, when people hear NFTs, kind of the first thing or, like, the, the loudest thing that everyone is talking about in the news right now is, like, the collectibles or the profile um, profile project, oh, profile picture project. Um, and so those are, like, a little bit different than what Makerspace focuses on. Those are, like, huge collections of, like, 10,000 characters, mm-hmm. um, whereas on Maker's Place, you'll find, like, smaller collections of from artists that are, like, one of ones or ten of ten, um, that type of thing. Great. And, you know, I do want to find out how an artist gets curated through your process of selection. So uh, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about that. And, of course, uh, what we'll do right now, we'll hold that thought. We'll take a short break and come back and continue our conversation with Ellen Ng from HTDC, Jasper Wong, Wong from Worldwide Walls, and of course, Aisha Arif, Community Manager over at Maker's Place. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Ellen Ng, Economic Development Specialist over at HTDC, Jasper Wong, founder of Worldwide Walls, and Aisha Arif, Community Manager over at Maker's Place. And, of course, uh, we're talking about digital art and non-fungible tokens. And right before the break, um, Aisha was telling us about, you know, Maker's Place and and the artists that are on uh, the platform. And I wanted to find out, you know, it it is kind of a curated. So, Aisha, how do you how do you go about selecting your artists and then maybe between you and and jasper i mean how do you does does uh jasper kind of uh connect you with some of their artists and uh how does how does that process work yeah um so we there are a few different ways that we curate our artists um the first of which is you know just kind of going through the artist applications that we receive so any artist can apply for maker's place um, and then just based on kind of their body of work, their style, and whether we think that it kind of matches the desires of the collectors that are on the site already. Um, and then also just kind of their background, like exhibitions that they've done, um, galleries they've worked with, any of that type of stuff all, all kind of comes together. Um, we also have a curator program. I think a big part of like the NFT movement is like getting away from centralized um, authorities or centralized decision making. So what we wanted to do is decentralize our curation program by putting it in the hands of our community. So we have, um, this is something we're still expanding on, um, but we have a few community members who bring artists onto the platform themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just growing that more and more. Um, and with this specific um, instance with uh, Worldwide Walls, um, we were actually connected through Ellen, um, she's, you know, making a lot of the magic happen. Um, but so we're connected with Jasper through Ellen. Um, and Jasper had his, um, you know, roster of artists, you know, some of which were interested in doing NFT, some of which weren't. Um, and then we kind of, you know, came and, and checked out the artist stuff and figured out, like, who would be a good fit for the site just based on, like, our collector's interest at the moment. 
and then like what we see doing well in the site and yeah we just went from there that sounds good and so jasper i mean are are there artists that you uh kind of gave some high regard to that uh, were first on the list of of consideration yeah absolutely i mean the main goal for this uh project is to highlight hawaii artists mm-hmm. so and we work with a lot of amazing artists locally and so i i sent over a list of like artists that i thought would be great for this for this project uh to ellen and to the htdc and to makers place and they chose a, a small group for this first run to sort of see how, how it go and and it's an amazing list uh, that includes uh, a diverse range of, of artists and aesthetics and styles, so you know, such as Wooden Wave and Shari Tuasoa, Lucky Olelo, Woes, um, and myself as uh, one of the artists as well. Yeah, no, that's that's great. So, actually, you know, in terms of uh, um, the schedule for some of these artists to now become available on the uh, platform, what is uh, what is the plan rollout for the, you know, the relationship with uh, Worldwide Walls? Yeah, so we are kind of welcoming everyone to the platform um, with a bang. We're going to have this virtual exhibition um, that is going to be happening on December 1st. And so on December 1st, that uh, is the day that essentially all of the artists who are involved in this first project are going to be releasing their artwork. Um, And it should be really exciting. We're going to be having... There'll be a blog post that's live that people can read about um, and get information on all of the artists that are participating. We're actually going to have something set up in a, in our. Um, we have a virtual gallery which is in a metaverse uh, called Crypto Voxels. So anyone who hasn't experienced that, it's a really really kind of crazy experience. Um, and so we're going to have you know people are going to be able to see the artwork in that way as well. Um, and we're just going to be you know shouting them out on social media. People can get to um, hear from the artists and, you know, different interviews and all that good stuff. So, Aisha, the, the metaverse, is that going to be like a VR type of experience? Or uh, I'm, I'm sure it's it's uh, not quite uh, the, the Facebook meta, or, <laughs> but what, right. what, what platform are you <laughs> yeah. running it on? Um, yeah, so there are multiple metaverses that exist long before Facebook decided to uh, get into it. Um, and so the one that we are on, it's not quite VR. Um, you just enter through, anyone can go in and enter through their computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that we are going to be hosting this exhibition in is called Crypto Voxels. Oh. Um, and it's really cool. Like if you've ever played Minecraft, it's kind of like a Minecrafty vibe to it. Um, but essentially, it's there's these digital worlds where um, people actually buy land and create. There's like galleries and museums and and like <laughs> digital like shops where you can buy um, wearables and like fashion outfits and all that stuff. It's like it's pretty crazy. Well, you gotta have to send me the URL for that one and. And uh, Ellen, for the last uh, question, where can people get more information about uh, this uh, rollout? Yeah, sure. Uh, so they can actually visit the HTDC website. So it's going to be htdc.org um, slash digital-currency-innovation-lab. So it's kind of long. Um, but yeah, I just want to remind everybody as well, like you're kind of doing good uh, by participating in this because up to 10% of the proceeds will be donated to Worldwide Walls for um, a communicate, community uh, beautification project that's happening. Sounds good. 
Thanks, thanks, Ellen. Thanks, uh, Jasper and, and Aisha. Great to have you guys on. Ellen Ng is the Economic Development Specialist over at HCDC. Jas- Jasper Wong is the founder of Worldwide Walls. And Aisha Arif is the Community Manager over at Maker's Place. And, of course, I want to thank them for joining us today. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we'll find out about the Maui Economic Development Board's Community Navigator Program. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Mm-hmm.